Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 10 of the story behind the tunes. My name is Calvin Volrath. I'm a fiddle player from St. Paul, Alberta, Canada. Today's program, we are going to feature the tunes off one particular album called Unmistakable that was released in 2013. I think there's a pile of really good tunes on here that fiddlers are playing all across the country now. This tune that you're listening to right here, this is called Sunshine Lucette. Lucette, that is my good wife's sister. What a great gal she is, French-Canadian uh, through and through. She's uh, she's the family historian. She knows everything that's gone on in, in all their families' lives and their, their mom and dads before that and the grandparents putting together family trees and what have you. And she's kept all the recipes from years gone by and she does all the French-Canadian foods and always always smiling and always happy and we love her to pieces and when quite often when she sees me she goes hello sunshine or good morning sunshine and really she is ever she's uh she's the, the sunshine in everybody's life so uh, i thought i would call uh, write her a tune and call it sun that's tough to say sunshine lucette I always like to uh, include one family member, at least, in uh, each episode. And so we're starting today's with, uh, with the family tune right there. And all the everything you're going to hear on this episode today is all coming from an album called Unmistakable that was released in 2013. I haven't got time to play them all, all the tunes from that album, but uh, you've heard some on previous uh episodes like uh, the tune I wrote for Natalie McMaster and a few others and I'm going to try to get uh, to eight or nine uh, of the other tunes on that album here. The great Paul Dacier from Quebec is playing piano on there and he plays so good in that French Canadian style it's unbelievable. And I'm playing the rest of the instruments. Uh, you can get that at calvinvolrath.com as a CD or as an MP3 digital download. Hey, thanks so much for the inspiration, sunshine. (laughs) 
A few weeks ago on an earlier episode, I uh, featured a tune that I wrote for Kimberly Holmes, who's a great, great piano player from Nova Scotia. Well, her husband, Skip, is a wonderful fiddle player and banjo player and guitar player, and I've known him since the 1980s as well, and, and, and I try my best to write tunes for i got like 800 tunes i've written so i've written lots of tunes for friends and colleagues and fans and places and whatever and i knew that i wanted to have uh, a a tune for skip and uh, this is uh this is not really an old time canadian tune that don messer might play but uh, this is a tune called skipping home
Oh, yeah, a little bit of skipping home for the one and only Skip Holmes. Thanks so much for the inspiration. I probably should have had some banjo on there and got Skip to play it. Sounds like it could have used some banjo. It maybe has a little bluegrass uh, flavor to it, maybe a little bit of swing. Thanks, uh, Skip, one more time for the inspiration. I kind of love that tune. You know, I'm uh, that's Paul Dacier playing the piano on there, and I'm playing all the other instruments. And and when I say I'm playing all the other instruments, you, like you hear guitar solos and you hear banjo. No, not banjo. You hear some mandolin solos. And you know... I never play uh, mandolin, lead mandolin, or uh, lead guitar out publicly on stage. I'm always just playing the fiddle. I do play guitar, rhythm guitar, and rhythm mandolin when I'm backing up a fiddle player for sure. But I never, uh, I never do, do any of that picking out live in front of anybody. That all just happens down in my studio. So I never really profess to be a guitar picker or a mandolin picker, but I do my best, and I have fun down in the studio trying to pretend I'm the Ray Legiers and uh, J.P. Cormier's of the world. I ain't that at all. It's just old Cal doing what he can. Hey, if it's beyond me, then I call uh, the heavy-duty pickers who do that uh, so, so well, and they can do absolutely anything. I'm not capable of doing anything. I'm just capable of doing something. Back around 2009, I was teaching at the Montana Old Time Fiddlers Association Fiddle Camp in Monarch, Montana. Well, a gentleman by the name of Avery Ellisman from around the San Diego, California area, uh, he brought his daughter Shira uh, because he, he wanted to get her exposed to uh, uh, the fiddle crowd and uh, away from the city life a little bit and Avery was quite a fiddle player himself, so he wasn't coming to the fiddle camp for himself. He was going to put his daughter into the classes, and he heard there was some good fishing up in that area, so he was going to go fishing while she was taking lessons because he didn't need to learn anything about the fiddle. He could fiddle already. Well, anyways, uh, Fred Buckley, who was the coordinator of the camp, he said, hey, well, you played the fiddle. You could probably go into Calvin's class. He goes, oh, no, I never heard of Calvin, and... I, I get myself through doing fiddling already, so I probably don't need to learn anything more. And it, I think maybe it was kind of raining that day or something, so Avery decided to pop over to my class just to have a look to see what was going on. And Well, it kind of piqued his interest, and he got into my class, and I'm not sure he went fishing that week at all. He stayed in my class every day, and he just absolutely loved the camp, and he loved what it did for his daughter, he hardly got to see his daughter all week long. She enjoyed the camp so much and made so many friends. And when class wasn't on, she was out with all the other teenagers playing music and having fun and dad, see you later. And it was really just a positive, positive experience for them. And he thought, hey, we should have something like this down around San Diego. So he decided to put on a, a fiddle camp in Julian, which is, uh, oh, I think it's east uh, east of San Diego, somewhere up in the mountains. And he hired me to come there as one of the instructors. I absolutely loved it. It was just great. Well, that area up there in Julian, they're known for their apples. They grow apples and apple pie. It's a big thing. And I guess in the old days, it was called, they called it backcountry. Uh, and they, they, would, uh, they would mine for gold up there. Well, Avery asked if I could write a tune for the area. And so I did. I wrote this tune, and it's called Backcountry Gold. It's kind of in the country Cajun kind of style. Here we go. Backcountry 
backcountry gold for Avery and all the great folks that I met down there. I went and taught at that fiddle camp. I'm, I'm thinking maybe four or five times or something. I remember the first time that I went down, it was April. It was March or April, I think, in 2010, 2011, something like that. And... Um, uh, I thought, here, this is going to be so great. I'm leaving northern Alberta where we're experiencing winter, and, and I'm going down to San Diego. It's going to be hot summer, and and it was beautiful. We landed in the airplane down there, and we drove up the up the mountain to this beautiful, beautiful camp, uh, and the weather was perfect, and it woke up the next morning to about three or four inches of snow on the ground, and I went, now hold it here. You didn't have to do this just for me. But hey, it was up on the mountain, and that's what happens. Avery has hired me to come down to that San Diego region two or three, maybe four times over the years to do some concerts, and it's great. I've met so many nice people and look forward to uh, going back again. And, you know, just as a, 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 a point of uh, interest, one of the last concerts I did uh, before the pandemic hit in March, I think it was about February 10th, uh, Avery hired us to do a show in Del Mar, California, uh, for his uh, a fiddle camp uh, a fundraiser, and it was just absolutely great. Then the pandemic hit on March 12th, and that was it for concerts. So uh, one of the last shows I did was for Avery. Looking forward to coming back down that way again real soon, Avery. You guys take care. There's no piano on that tune. That's me playing all of the instruments except the accordion. That's none other than the incredible Jeremy Russo playing uh, those uh, of the stomach Steinway. There you go. <laughs> Look here, we have another family member on this album, and this time it's my, my wife's uncle, Paul. In the French language, you say Manonk Paul. Well, uh, he was uh, Rhea's mum's brother, and he played the fiddle. He played really well, just loved it. He belonged to the Wild Rose Fiddlers Association in Edmonton and went to all the jam sessions. Well, it's just uh, just maybe over a year ago or so that uh, we lost uh, Manonk Paul. But I wrote in this tune back in and around, well, it was released in 2013 on the album Unmistakable. is a real nice waltz called Manonk Paul. Thank you. 
Hey, Manonk Paul, we miss you. And uh, hey, uh, thank you for the inspiration on that waltz. It is a dandy just like you were. Uh, that is the wonderful Paul Dacier playing the piano on there. And I'm playing the rest of the instruments. I just love the waltzes. I grew up in Edmonton, Alberta, and every summer uh, in July, their big fair that they had, the big exposition where you'd go on the rides, you know, the Tilt-A-Whirl and the Ferris wheel and all that. Well, their big uh, deal, it was called Klondike Days because Edmonton was really the gateway to the north. Back in the old days there when they would head up to the Yukon for the gold rush and well, they'd come through Edmonton, and that was the Klondike. That was the Klondike days. And that's what they named their big fair, their big exposition was called it Klondike days. And so we'd go to that every year to ride, you know, get on the rides. And, you know, you go look at the Dream Home, and there'd be all kinds of exhibits. And, and then in downtown Edmonton, they would have these, uh, well, they had something that they called the K-Days Promenade. There would be dance and there'd be music with banjos, clarinets, fiddles, guitars, all the whole kabang. Can-can girls doing the dancing and thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And this is in my memory. I remember doing that as a as a, as a youngster going down and watching all that. And it, for short, they called it K-Days. Well, I've written a tune that reminds me of that era. Uh, you know, the four-string tenor banjos, there used to be lots of that. That's associated with the K-Days and the Gold Rush. And This is called the K-Days Promenade.
still see the can-can girls dancing and panning for gold. Oh, what great memories. I feel like I'm 15 years old again. That was Paul Dacier playing the piano on there, and I was playing most of the rest of the instruments, except for the clarinet. That was uh, none other than Jeremy Russo. He plays just dang near everything. And uh, Alfie Meyer, uh, one of my fiddling heroes, that's him on the banjo, playing the tenor banjo. It's so good. His first music store, I talked about that in the, uh, a few episodes ago, was uh, the House of Banjo, because he's a great banjo player. So there you go. That was the K-Days Promenade. I entered into my very first fiddle contest. I was 13 years old. I can remember it like it was yesterday. The day was May 10th, 1974. I was turning 14 a week later on May 16th. Well, the weekend before this contest, my father had a heart attack and he ended up in the hospital and we were so looking forward to going to this fiddle contest. And so I knew we weren't going to the contest no more. And I wasn't allowed to go see my dad in the hospital. I was too young back in those days, and he was in the intensive care. But he told mom, he said, you make sure that you take Calvin to the fiddle contest. Find somebody to take you out there. And so mom come home, and she talked to my brothers and cousins and whoever and said, dad wants us to take Calvin to the fiddle contest. And I didn't want to go without dad. Dad was a great fiddle player. Him and I were going together. We were the fiddling buddies, and I didn't want to go without him. And But they did convince me that uh, that, that I should go, and dad wanted me to. And so I went out there to this concert and, and, and to this contest, and we knew, I, I knew of no other fiddle players. I didn't know anybody. I just knew my dad and then the ones that we had on record. And anyways, we went out to, we went out to the Cooking Lake uh, Pavilion, it was called. It was called Lakeview Pavilion at Cooking Lake, Alberta, just outside of Edmonton. The contest was sponsored by CFCW Radio Station, and the contest was called the Gold Fiddle Contest. I remember getting registered and going into the back room where all the fiddle players were and and it was this is when you could smoke in the hall. I remember that back room. It was filled with smoke and um none of the fiddle players would talk to me. I was just a young I was thirteen years old and there was really no young ones uh my age in the contest at all. There was another one, I think he might have been he might have been sixteen or seventeen years old. His name is Randy Jones. We're still friends to this day. Anyways, uh, all the other fiddle players, they just kind of ignored me, and I didn't really feel like I wanted to be there. But there was one fiddle player, a great big guy. His name was Mel Bedard. Mel came from Selkirk, Manitoba, and he could fiddle real good, and he seen me sitting in the corner all by myself, and I wasn't playing the fiddle. I was just kind of sitting there, kind of looking all alone. The other ones were fiddling and uh he come over and sat beside me. He could tell I was maybe a little bit scared or nervous. And, and he became my friend that day. And we were friends right up until the day he died, which was just a few short years ago. He was the one that come over and sat down beside me and settled down to young Calvin. And I'll tell you what, what a great guy. Uh, he played the Métis style and he loved the Texas style. And he loved to play the Foxtrots and the Waltzes, absolutely everything. Well, I wrote him a tune. This is called Mel Bedard's Reel.
bingo, there we go. The Mel Bedard Reel. Mel, thank you so much for the inspiration. And just know that you made so many people happy with your music. Uh, It was so danceable and so from the heart. Paul Dacier was on the piano, and I'm playing all the rest of the instruments on there. Yeehaw! You know, back around 2007, 2008, something like that, I knew nothing about eBay, but I had heard about it. You can buy things on there. They said it was an auction, and you could buy things. I said, you, you could you buy a fiddle on there? And they went, oh, yeah, there's all kinds of fiddles, or whatever you want, it's all on there. So one day I went looking, and, and I seen this really, really, it was a gorgeous fiddle. The wood looked so beautiful, and it didn't have the regular sea bouts on the side like every other fiddle had. This was smooth. It was just like the wood was continuous. And uh, somebody told me that that was a Russian-style fiddle. I didn't know. Uh, but it just looked so beautiful. You couldn't tell how it sounded because it wasn't playing. Um but it said it was up for bids, and somebody had bid $50 on this, and it said that uh, the bidding was closing in three hours or something. I thought, $50 for a pretty fiddle like that? I'm going to see if I can get on. So I had to actually make an account and sign up, and, and I put in there, and I put $60. And right away, somebody bid $65, and, and I went, wow, 65 I mean, geez. Uh, anyways, it went up for by a dollar, by a dollar, by a dollar. It was going up, and and uh, I think the the auction was going to end like in two minutes or something. And I went seventy five dollars. I'll go seventy five dollars. Well, if I didn't get an email a minute later saying you bought this fiddle for seventy five bucks, it come with a bow and a case and a chunk of rosin. And uh, well, I couldn't believe it. I go, what a pretty fiddle for seventy five dollars. It it come from China, and it took about a month for it to get here, but I opened up the case. I went, it won't be that fiddle. I know darn well it won't be that fiddle in there. I probably got took. I got scammed out of 75 bucks. But I opened it up, and there it was. There was this fiddle. It was so pretty. The, the grain in the wood was so nice, and the strings were loosened off, and there was a bridge there. So I put the, put the bridge up, and I tuned the fiddle up, and I pulled the bow across the strings, and my goodness, it just sounded completely awful. It was just terrible. It was pretty, but it didn't sound pretty at all. I went, oh my God, this is terrible. Well, anyways, I loosened the strings back off and I put it in the case. I thought maybe one day I'll hang that up on the wall because it was so pretty. And Well, shortly after that, I got, uh, uh, in the mail came a a fellow by the name of Mike Cross down in Kansas. He's the fellow that invented the Barkus Berry fiddle pickup. He had sent me the original pickup that they had built into the bridge. And he was still making them at his home. And the Barkas Berry Company had gone belly up at that point already. And But he wanted me to have a couple of these pickups that he had built. And I think he sent me three of them. And in this package of pickups, there was a package of strings in there called Octave Strings. Which is, you? he had a note, a handwritten note, and says, have you ever heard of these octave strings? You just put them on any old fiddle. It's still E-A-D-G, just like a regular fiddle, other than the strings are a little bit bigger. And so you tune them, they're like one octave lower. So your fiddle almost becomes a cello. If it had a C string on there, well, we'd be a cello. A cello is A-D-G-C. So I thought to myself, why would anybody want to put cello strings on a on a fiddle or octave strings on a fiddle. If you want a cello, just go buy a cello. 
So anyways, I just put everything in my closet and it sat there for years and years and years. And when I recorded this album, uh, Unmistakable, I was writing a tune for Natalie McMaster. And I told the story on an earlier episode how uh, Natalie had a, um, a cello player playing with her. So I thought back to my, my, my fiddle there with the octave strings. I thought, well, maybe I could put the octave strings on that fiddle and uh, become a cello and play it on Natalie's tune. Well, I got the strings on there and I installed the Barkisbury pickup on there. I got Alfie Meyer to do that for me. And I picked it up and I plugged the fiddle into, into uh, my studio. Well, I fell in love all over again. The sound of it was so incredible, I couldn't believe it. So I, I used that octave fiddle, that cello sound, on Natalie's tune, and then played it on a whole bunch of other tunes as well. And, and I would periodically just kind of pick up the fiddle and, uh, and, and play acoustically. It, that fiddle sounded really good acoustically with these octave strings as well, which just absolutely amazed me. And yeah, I was just playing this tune acoustically, just having fun. And this tune came out from beginning to end um, and on, on the octave. So this tune, you're, you're hearing it's the octave fiddle being done here. And it reminds me of a cat pretending he's uh, Fred Astaire dancing in some big Broadway production. He's got a hat on top of his head and he's tipping his hat while he's tap dancing away. This is called Top Cat. <laughs> Thank you. 
<laughs> I can't burr. Meow. Meow. <laughs> Calvin, quit that. That's Top Cat right there. I love that. That I, I love that uh, swingy kind of sound. and love the sound of the octave fiddle. So uh, who do I thank for that? Well, I can thank uh, Mike Cross for the, sending me that Marcus Berry pickup and those octave strings because I think that's what kind of inspired that tune right there. Just me sitting there noodling on that and thought maybe I should record that tune. It sounds a little bit like something. Once again, that's the incredible Paul Dacier playing the piano on there, and I'm playing all the rest of the instruments, and you hear that little teeny-weeny kind of electric guitar sounding thing? Well, that's an electric mandolin that I have. That's doing the, that's uh, that sound that you hear. And I think I might even have been playing a fiddle on my regular old Roth fiddle that I have. That was Top Cat. I hope you enjoyed. Many years ago at the Emma Lake Fiddle Camp, or the Saskatchewan Cultural Exchange Fiddle Camp held up at Emma Lake, a lady by the name of Kathy Spruill used to come up there with her mom. They came every year, and uh, Kathy would get in the piano class, or she'd get into a fiddle class, and I believe she was in my class one year. Really, really, really good lady, uh, so supportive of the music industry in, in Saskatchewan she's become. Uh, she was a MLA out of Saskatoon for many, many years, uh, just recently retired. And she is now the president of the Canadian Grandmasters Fiddlers Association. And I remember contacting her all oh, three or four years ago and asking her if she would, uh, we were looking for a new president and I really thought she would be a, a wonderful president for our organization. And she has been, and she accepted that role and, um, I wanted to uh, write her a tune to thank her for everything that she does for musicians because she's so positive and pro-music and and for musicians. And, and when she takes on a project, she does it 100%. And, you know, they say if you want a job done right, get somebody get somebody that's busy to do it. And, and she does a great job. She's so dedicated to whatever she does. I wrote her this waltz, and it's called Kathy's Dedication. Thank you. 
Hey, Kathy, thank you so much for all you do for music and musicians everywhere. Everybody loves you to pieces, and thank you for the inspiration in that pretty waltz right there. Time to send a shout-out there to my good friend Mike Gilmore and his company called Collector's Corner. Mike is everything fiddles. If you need a fiddle, if you need a bow, or if you need a fiddle fixed or bow rehaired, you need strings, a chin rest, a shoulder pad, uh, whatever whatever you need for a fiddle. If you need a hot dog to go with your fiddle, Mike is probably the guy to go to for that, let me tell you. Uh, he's working on a website. It's not done yet, but it will be uh, sometime, I'm hoping, in 2021. Uh, but you can contact him via email. You send him an email, M as in mother, Gilmore, G-I-L-M-O. O-R-E at Shaw.ca. That's S-H-A-W dot C-A. You send him an email with what you're looking for, and he will return that email to you, guaranteed. Uh, he'll do you no wrong. Uh, I have a real nice bow that I play with lots that I got from Mike, and he's done some repair work for me. And he, number one, he's a great guy, and and he's a really good repair man. And uh, he'll do you no wrong. He's a retired electrician, and uh, this is, uh, and he's been doing this for years and years and years on the side. And now he's kind of got it as a as a retirement project, and uh, and he's having fun with it because he, he's a musician as well, and uh, he just loves it. So you give uh, Mike an email. If you got any fiddle related uh, uh, thoughts, we got time to do one more tune here, and, uh, and that's it for episode number 10. Uh, you know, at our fiddle camp, Camp Calvin, it started in St. Edward, Alberta, back in 2007. And I believe it was that very, very first year we had a couple of real, real good, well, everybody that came up was real good characters, but there was two fellas that stood out Tony. Wackowiz and uh, Fred Bodneruk. And these were a couple of retired RCMP officers. Tony lived in Saskatoon and uh, Fred lives in North Vancouver. They they knew each other all their life from the RCMP days and, and they both fiddled. And so they decided that for a holiday, they heard about Camp Calvin in Alberta. They would meet there. So Tony hopped in his car and he come out to our place out here in St. Edward. And um, Fred hopped on an airplane and rented a car and they met up here. And I'll tell you what, the stories that they, everybody loved to sit with Tony and Fred at the dinner table, at the breakfast table, whatever. And they would tell stories about their policing days. And stories about this and that, and they were always very entertaining, and uh, oh, how they were on this case and on that case, and uh, how the criminal would get away, but they wouldn't get away for long. They'd get their man in the end, and every story was always really interesting, and there was always a laugh involved with it, and uh, great, great, great guys. Well, we just lost Tony last year, so sad, uh, he's, uh, he's, he's going to be missed. Fred is still with us, and he calls every once in a while to say hello. And anyways, I knew that I needed to write a tune for for these two fellas there. Uh, one of them was Ukrainian, and the other one was Polish. So uh, I knew it needed to sound Eastern European somehow, and it kind of starts that way. And then it got to the second part, and it almost kind of turns into a, a Mexican hat dance or something. I'm not sure how that happened. So if you can imagine Chevy Chase and Steve Martin and maybe John Ritter in a movie, uh, and they're the RCMP officers 
chasing the criminals and this happens and that happens and things kind of get bungled up a little bit and but in the end they always got their criminal and tony and fred they would have been in that movie as well this is the painting i have going on in my head when i wrote this tune this is called tony and fred Tony and Fred, Tony and Fred, thank you so much for the inspiration and being a part, a big part of uh, Camp Calvin all those years. That is Jeremy Russo playing the piano on there, and I'm playing the rest of the instruments. Well, there we go. That's episode 10 of The Story Behind the Tunes. I hope you enjoyed that. All of those uh, tunes are on the album called Unmistakable. 
which was recorded in 2013. You can get the album or any one of those tunes at uh, www.calvinvolrev.com. You can get the sheet music for each individual tune, or you can buy the book, uh, download, or it can be mailed to you, whatever you like. There's all kinds of products at, uh, at my website. Go check them out. I want to thank everybody that has sent a little tip my way uh, because you're enjoying the show. I really do appreciate that and I appreciate you going to the website and uh, buying a CD or a download or sheet music, whatever you get. It is also appreciated. So until next week, everybody take care, stay safe, and have a good day.